Greetings adventurers, welcome back to this, our 5th edition homebrew Dungeons & Dragons campaign set in the world of Vaibaba. My name is Mike and I'm your Dungeon Master, and as always I'm joined by Steve B as Logan, a human fighter, Steve C as Volta, a half-elf warlock, Dan as HK, a warforged barbarian, and Ben as Mugnef, a human bard ranger wizard. You can catch us live on Twitch every fortnight on a Tuesday, and catch up episodes via YouTube or the podcast. All links are in the description. And now, back to Baba. Let's go a little bit into the history of the game rather than the lore of the game. I think the lore is probably going to become more apparent as the game goes on. Um, but we'll go back to session number one, which I think happened somewhere between a year and a half, maybe two years ago. The party began uh, on a small island uh, southwest on the map uh, known as Penn Island. I'll leave you decide the joke on that one. Um, anyway, in a town called New Waterhold. It's a newly established settlement here on this town, uh, on this island, sorry. And the party arrived there after some uh, combat on a ship. I didn't want to go straight into the whole, you meet in a tavern. No, this time they met on a ship and there was straightaway combat. So, the party arrived here on this island and they were told that there was a kraken in the bay causing all kinds of problems for local shipping. To help get rid of it, they had a crystal imbued with magical power. And... They wanted to put this crystal in the lighthouse to help uh, ward away this, this this kraken. They discovered quite quickly that uh, the crystal had been stolen from the docks by a rogue band of bullywugs, uh, in which case the group had to go off and rescue the crystal from the bullywugs or take it back from the bullywugs. In the, in the <laughs> I think it was the first session, in fact, um, they actually, I, I planted the item there. I didn't know if they were going to find it or not, but there was a sword encased in an un openable box or a box of no apparent opening um, had several inscriptions upon it where Mr. Brandt's character at the time called Grift, who was an elf decided that half, after deciphering only probably a third of the inscriptions on it, was going to break open the box and take the sword for himself this led him to become a homebrew um, type character which I called a demonic death knight um he later decided after I really screwed with that character that he didn't want to carry on playing that character. I didn't expect he would, so he created a new character and his old character fell to me as an NPC, which has been haunting the team ever since. This new NPC has uh, been working alongside an evil Elder God where they are trying to take over the Material Plane from the Hell Plane. Now I say Hell Plane, in this game, I don't stick to traditional D&D lore. There is no nine hells. There is this one hell plane in which devils and demons exist. Uh, these guys have been trying to take over the material plane. Um, with limited success so far, as the party have managed to recover several items and artifacts which are going to help them summon another elder god, which is for the forces of good. Um, they're trying to bring him back from a celestial plane Effectively, the idea is there's going to be some sort of ginormous war that good and evil are going to fight each other and we're going to find out who's the winner and who takes over this material plane on this planet. However, in the last episode, or penultimate episode to, uh, in part one, we discovered that uh, this death knight brought an army of undead and, and demons to bear a dwarven city where there was siege. The group managed to escape um, through the Underdark, which caused them another untold set of problems. They then travelled through several planes of existence until finally we ended up in Asgard, the the uh, Norse, um, I don't know, not Norse homeworld, but Nor the, the plane of the gods of the Norse, where, of course, uh, Thor and uh, Odin exist, for example. Um, we discovered that uh, it was destroyed long ago. Um, and the party must travel now back to the material plane via this uh, Bifrost. Uh, was an old man and he led them to it. HK uh, had 
a weapon on his possession which was made by his guardians uh, a hammer uh, which was the hammer of the king uh, uh, that's some part of the law you will discover potentially but basically the high king is uh, a guy called Melnorus he is the elder god for good in this campaign um, and through channeling some energy through the hammer HK was able to activate the Bifrost and and well, we'll find out where they go next, because this is now part two. Um, if you're new to this, consider it a lot like The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. There's obviously a lot going on before, and now we are going into the second part of the campaign, which would be the Fellowship of the Ring, if you will. Um, and so, without further ado, we will start. And with a sudden burst of rainbow light, you, party, find yourselves slamming hard into the ground and then darkness. Volta, Mugnaf, Logan, you seem to find yourselves on a sandy shore. There is warm water gently lapping at your feet, the sun beaming down upon you. You don't seem to be groggy or in any level of pain, uh, but you, you find yourselves quite easily. And there's a male figure approaching you as you struggle to get yourselves upright. Um, he's got long golden hair, broad chest, and he's wearing very simple but tatty clothes, like he's a castaway almost. But he speaks to you and he says, uh, Do not be afraid. This is spell, a dreamlike state. My name is Melnorus. I believe you've been searching for me. And I'm using what limited power I currently have to tell you something. I am on the material plane now, but lost on this world, somewhere in the astral space. Find me if you can. We must deal with Narphiliac. And with that, the dreamlike state fades, uh, and you awake, suffering 1d6 worth of damage, the three of you. Uh, crash landing out of the Bifrost. So if you can go ahead and roll that out and apply it to your sheets. Uh, you realize, so as you as you start to wake up from this dreamlike state, your eyes are bleary, they're foggy, you feel your limbs are hurting, your chest's hurt from the floor, the impact of the floor. Uh, everything is just spinning. But as you start to climb out of this, as so you start to like, you bring yourselves back up and maybe sit upright. You look across and you see that uh, HK is the lights in his eyes uh, as a warforged machine. The lights in his eyes are completely black. He's motionless. Oh, He's just lying there on the floor. Uh, HK, you take some time. Um, to reboot. You don't experience this dreamlike state. You are, you know, as we said, a machine. You don't experience this as the way the other party members do. Uh, but you take some time to reboot. And for yourself, it's just within the vision of your machine-like being, it's darkness. Uh, and then internally, you just hear uh, an alarm, uh, similar to like a Star Trek alert. You know, boop, boop, boop. Uh, and then, before you, in this in this darkness, flashing, you just see warning messages. Uh, one in particular, and it says, "Power core critical damage. Restart attempt. Fail. Restart attempt. Fail. Restart attempt." And then you uh, notice there's a buzzing and a distortedness about this, and it goes, "Fail. Fail. Fail. Restart." and then nothing and in this nothingness you begin to feel a lightness about yourself um, you're no longer constrained by the physicality of being a machine uh, you see all of time and space before you just an open expanse of stars nebulas uh, galaxies almost outstretched and you start to wonder yourself, how is this possible? What is going on with me? I'm, what is this? Uh, and finally, after what seems like an eternity, um, an angelic being 
you know it to be an ASMR, but an, an angelic being uh, comes to you from out of this void, and it simply says to you, return to the Creator. It is your time, Kino. You must return. Finally, after this, you experience darkness and nothing again until your vision flickers into existence and you you notice your surroundings. You notice your your comrades are leaning over you and looking at you and wondering what they can do to help you. Um, but you reboot and you find yourself and as with everyone else in some fairly tall grass for a regular human being of five to six feet this grass is sort of waist height um, and it's a pleasant day uh, you are on a or in amongst rolling hills long grass swishing in a, in a warm breeze um, there's nothing apparently all around you apart from this grass for as long as you can see apart from off in the distance you do notice there is a herd of, of cows just grazing way off in the distance and so I leave it over to you what would you like to discuss what would you like to do I'm skipping through the field the hills are alive <laughs> no, I'm uh, looking down at HK and he's like you alright there Tin Man that was quite unprecedented what how long was I out for short while but you seem back seem to be reasonably functional yes running diagnostics <laughs> and running diagnostics it comes back with system failures here there and everywhere but for now you just don't seem to think that it's going to affect you too much uh, later down the road it might do but for now you're just getting warnings from you know, this, that, and the other. Slow wiper fluid and things like that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Water, Magna. It's the fact that activating the bifold wasn't really something you were designed to ever do, but wielding the hammer that you have enabled you to do it. That channeled an awful lot of power through systems that just weren't designed to do that. What you all do notice is that when you left Asgard, um, Thor was with you, but... He is nowhere now. You, you cannot see him anywhere. Good, because that's why I was looking. It was just to double check he was still here. And it's like, what's happened to Fort? Anybody seen Fort? HK. Well, presumably, were you made by somebody? I was made many years ago. The dwarves forged me. For the Great I, War. Is there any? Do you need fixing or remaking or? Are you I okay? Think our current quest may take priority for now. I seem to be reasonably functional, but I have noted your concern for future praise. <laughs> Thank. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, well, I suppose we. Uh, yeah. Well, now I suppose. Yeah. Yes. yeah. We should maybe try and find some kind of um, village or, or something to find where we are. Maybe. Is well, there any uh, valleys or anything? Or, you said there's a hills. Well, I mean, you, you, apparently, as you you know, as you stand up and you take a look around, you can see far off into the distance in all directions. It's it's like being in a in a field, but like a moorland at the same time. It's like it's just rolling kind of hills. They're not too big that you can't necessarily get a good vantage point and see over the top of everything. Uh, it's just it's just an open plain. I said there's cows yeah. off that's grazing. HK, do you have any kind of compass in your mechanical being I 
could possibly tell you which way is north, but we have no frame of reference here. We could be anywhere. Oh, we have Vebaba. no reference, but we can be sure to always to keep going the same way, and at least we won't get too lost. Well, no more lost can... than we are now. You can always make some kind of like a survival check, I would imagine, where you could probably figure out using survivalist skills where the sun is in the sky and yes. try and ascertain. Um, it would take some time, of course, because you'd have to probably set a stick into the ground and using rocks, you're at the passage of the sun, you know which way the sun goes. So. I presume the sun in your world goes the same direction as the sun in uh, on Earth. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, I'm not really, I've never put any thought in all this time. I've never put any thought into it until right now. And no, I think the sun would probably go east to west as it does right here. Cool. There's one going each way. Yeah. <laughs> it's the one which is farthest from. <laughs> well, two forts. We go up the top of the hill, see if we can get a better vantage point. And yeah, I mean, you can see there are hills which are higher yeah. than where you currently. There is elevated ground beyond where yeah. you are. We follow what fight, go into one of these valleys and see if there's a river and then follow it uh, downstream and hopefully end, end up with a civilization. I could maybe send my familiar up in the air to see if there is anything. Bumpsy, off you go. Oh, that thing don't half give me the creeps. <laughs> Fine, it's very friendly. I think it, you have an unnatural connection to that thing. Well, that is kind of the nature of the job description. It doesn't make it any less <laughs> normal to me. Well, there's nothing wrong with a pet. There is nothing wrong with a two-toned raven. Well, you can certainly send your familiar up. Uh, what is its range of vision? Does it have a range of vision, or is it like... Now you're asking. <laughs> <laughs> now, now don't you're ask complicated uh, questions. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I'm not entirely sure either, but I will soon find out. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, you can certainly say that. I know, obviously, you can see basically what it sees, or it can relay back uh, information to you. Uh, I just want to send him up for a little scout and while he's... Um, well, it's interesting yeah. to know if it's... Uh, it's interesting that it has a vision range, a visual range. It's a very good question. I know that while it's within a hundred yards or so, I can tune into its eyes and see what it sees. But I just don't know how recently it went for an eye test, so I'm not quite sure how far he can see through the sky. But uh, I uh, think I'll tune to into to him and find out. They can they can relay information back to you when they go out and about, can't they? So they can go off and come back. Um, and is it is it spectral this uh, this this raven or is it physical? No, it's physical. It likes to sit on my shoulder and eat crackers. Okay, um, that's I've cool. I've got a Yago in my head. Uh, yeah. <laughs> as you send this raven up. Uh, I'm not going to say it relate. Uh, we don't know the answer, so I'm not going to say it relays information back to you. Uh, but you send it up, and it flies around overhead, maybe like, I don't know, 50 feet above you, maybe 100 feet above you. It sort of takes off and goes up, and you see it circling. Uh, as I say, it's open, it's an open sky, it's a lovely day, it's clear. Um, and it probably sees some things. Uh, what you know, <laughs> you're not giving anything away here. Yeah. Another, <laughs> well, I mean, until I have information on does it see things or does it not, because I don't know, and I'm not going to go checking it out right now. <laughs> um, you can see from the ground as it's up there, uh, another bird picks it off. <laughs> Only this dun, bird dun, dun. at a hundred feet. In the air, you can tell this bird is massive. Bumpsy. And it just—I mean, this thing just comes out of nowhere. It's just like, let's say you've got a beautiful sky you can see for miles, and this thing just—it comes in, just has a go at this this familiar. 
So yeah. if it's familiar, like I said, if it's physical, then uh, it's, this thing's got food. If it's not, if it's just like a spiritual thing, then it's it just goes through it, no problem. But well, I get I'll get to go and get my crossbow out, and it's like realize I probably won't be able to take that bigger bird down, and it's like I lower it. You know, I don't, I don't quite know what you want to do with it because it's not really a raven; it's merely some kind of creature of the magic uses <clears throat> underworld uh, that looks like a raven and acts like a raven. So I don't know quite how tasty it will be, but uh, yeah. So, I mean, this is what I mean. Is it a conjured? Is it a conjured? Like, is it an illusion or is it a physical thing? Mm, this... it's, it's a summoned physical sort of. Imagine it being an imp crammed into the shape okay. of a raven, sort of. So thing, yeah. Right? So whatever this ginormous bird thing is, it just whomp, comes in. It takes this this raven that, that you've summoned and. And it, it's just, it takes off away again. And you just watch this thing, and it kind of like, it just circles out over the distance, and it seems to gain altitude, but it is massive, whatever it is. Uh, it is a raven, wanna... like a writing desk. Say it again? So when is a raven like a writing desk? <laughs> when it's as dead as that. He will come again, don't you worry. We have ways of bringing him back. It'll <clears throat> be fine. Yeah. I'll do, I want to do a nature check, if that's all right, just to see, A, if I can work out what that big bird is, and B, see if there's been any trap. Uh, <laughs> tra <laughs> massive yellow bird just stomps <laughs> to the ground. <laughs> Well, I mean, you are the most probably the most learned, so yeah. I mean, you could you can make a nature check and see if you can like, figure yeah. out what that is. Go for it. And also, I want to work out if there's any been any uh, thoroughfare through here, whether it's animals or more bipedal bipedal species, yeah. and what direction they're going. Uh, oh, actually, for what? Uh, Twenty-one and a natural. Okay. 21. Um, so, first of all, uh, looking at the floor, uh, look at the ground level, you can take a look around and you can see game trails going left, right and centre. You can see where, like, there are just massive corridors through this grass where these herds of cows have been roaming all over the place. You can see where cows have been eating this grass, which is way lower than everywhere else. You can see where they've been bedded down. There's areas where it's completely flat. But in terms of this thing that just flew overhead, that's a rock. It is a gargantuan bird. It's a massive monster. And you know that they were brought in um, by giants. They were created by giants so that they uh, could effectively uh, take on dragons. They could rule the skies over dragons. They are that big. They are nasty. And there is one fly circling overhead right now. Yeah. And it's wow. Just, it's just taking wow. what was like familiar right out the sky. Um, you know, Morgan's going to be like, uh, kind of like going into what you would like a modern day army crawl, like because you said it's waist high grass. Yeah. Um, and start making his way towards the hill, I guess. It's like, I went, oh, wow. Get down, lads. used to take on dragons. Yeah, so, I mean, you can all, you can all, you can drop prone if you like and start heading towards uh, the higher ground if you like. Um, I'll look over and just go, oh, what are you, what are you doing down there? Well, have you not seen what happened to Bumpsy? Bumpsy is gone. Oh. R.I.P. God rest his soul, but I don't know why I have your accent. <laughs> but I don't want to end up I... like that. I do not want to end up like that, so I'm going that way. Yeah. Then my slight ranger skills to like come into mind is like, oh, sugar, yeah, better get get down. So like, uh... I think top of the hill it is. Then, guys, show where you head that way. Yes, we I know want it's to get potentially closer to that, but we're sitting ducks here as much as up there, and up there we may have gained some bearings. It's either that or we head for the valley and hope we find a river and follow that. I didn't know you used bearings, HK. 
<laughs> Elastic band technology. <laughs> they have to wind him up on the back every few half hour. <laughs> well, if the group's decision is to head for higher ground, I can direct you that way. <laughs> my, my question was an open question to the group. <laughs> A suggestion is still. Yeah, I mean, we want to we want to know where we're going, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. To be honest, I wouldn't mind getting a better view of that for us. It's magnificent. Let's, let's get a view, see if we can see any sort of landmarks or any, anything useful. If not, mm. we'll... Go and rescue Bumsy? Down the valley either way. But well, we could potentially uh, collect Bumsy's corpse. Where did the name Boopsy come from? What the hell is that? It's definitely dead. I'll put it to you that way. It is definitely dead <laughs> this raven is dead it's a de dead raven ex-raven a little smoke a little brazier a little bit of magic and it's like back as good as new it. it's okay it's like a train heading at full velocity into a goat it is dead <laughs> <laughs> i have seen some very deadly goats <laughs> Oh, well, did it? Does it have hordes? Because that might stop it. <laughs> well, anyway, you guys, uh, you you drop prone or at least low, and you start making your way to higher ground, so you can you can sort of get a better lay of the land. You are aware of this thing. It's not circling you as much. It's just you can see it circling, and then it kind of like just drops off away. Uh, I would say even with with Ben's um, was it a survival you gave me earlier, wasn't it? Uh, nature. Nature. You. Can, oh, nature. Oh, okay. Uh, it goes off in away into the distance. I was going to give you a direction, but if it's just nature, then I won't. But it goes away off into the distance, and uh, you kind of as you make your way up and start climbing, um, you come to the top of a hill, uh, which is quite high up quite a good altitude really for the island uh, sort of the land you're on and you 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 kind of just look away and you can see off in the distance um i won't give you bearings because no one's offered to check for bearings um, you can see there are a couple of landmarks up here and one very very obvious one which sticks out like a sore thumb to you i'll get to that one in a moment you've got uh a way off as you look as you're on this hill and you look down, away off to your left, I mean, you can see all the way out to sea from up here. It's, you can tell you're on like an island. But you can see out to sea and it's a way off, it's miles away, but you can see off to your left is um, not a city, but a, a large settlement, a town, a large town, a small city. And you can see on the water, just way off in the distance, there are ships coming into it. Uh, square rigged tall ships um, and sort of more central uh, but sort of off to the right you can see um, <clears throat> there is something below a cliff face you can see the smoke rising and then as you look way off the right there is um, you can see a village but for the first time you see something different you see a village but there's like an outcropping of trees like a small woodland there um, and you can see all that from here. You're way high up. You're, like, you're quite far up. Uh, you would have taken some time to get up here. And it's going to take you, I mean, to the closest point, either this village with the trees or this larger settlement. It's going to take you, you what you assume to be the rest of the day to get there, if not a bit longer, because you don't know what time of the day it is. You've just crash-landed here, and you have no idea where you are or what time of the day it is. The sun is fairly high in the sky, so probably about midday. But you have, you've come from alternate planes at the moment. You have nothing to reference besides where the sun is. So uh, it's entirely up to you how to proceed. But there is one really major landmark which you can see because you've kind of like shimmied right up to it. There's a stone golem just oh. stood there on top of this hill. And it's, just, it's, like it's, it's an inanimate state. It's just stood there and it's kind of not doing anything. It appears to be powered down. Uh, and it stood on top of a stone circle. Oh. 
This could be useful <laughs> if we are able to control it. I'm looking around. This stone circle, what, what is it? Is it just literally a circle of rocks, or is it like a big Stonehenge-looking thing, or is it a... Well, you see properly? It's, it's like a... Uh, so you see the golem stood, and it's like a, it's like a round plate that stood on top, a stone plate that stood on top of So it's not Stonehenge, it's not like a, it's enclosed in a circle of stones, it's on like a, like a capstone, if you will. I'll say, Walter, can you do some of that light hand stuff and check that out? Light hand stuff? <laughs> that, that wishy-washy, magic-y business, that unnatural stuff. Ah, the magical business. Yeah, let me just give that a little bit of thought. Um, I will just cogitate what I might be able to do. I don't know. It's a stone circle. Um, yeah. Not entirely sure what I can do with this block of stone, you know. It's one of those things. Ooh. Uh, I, could, hey. I could blast it, but that won't work. <laughs> it doesn't. It's, it's beauty. We don't want to blast it. I was I thinking more of what happened to Bumpsy. You, you, you used to do a thing where you <laughs> checked for like energies or magics or. So, I don't understand how your whole world works, but you used to be able to check things. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I've got to detect magic. I can detect magic. Yes, that's the one. Yeah. yeah. It was something like that. I don't like your mm. magic lights. I think lights. that fall into the ground maybe made you forget what kind of magic I wield. Mm. You're all you magic kinds are the same. <laughs> oh, you should try it sometime. It's amazing. Logan, there are many schools of magic. Perhaps you would like to know more. <laughs> I mean... Would you like to know more? <laughs> I'm not against the idea, but it seems we're in the wrong situation right now. But there's nothing I've met that I've not got by with just this. And he taps his big sword, great sword strap across his back. Indeed. Violence seems to solve most problems. <laughs> I suppose I could busy myself with maybe an arcana check. Let's have a little... See if I can have a shifty at this thing. Yeah, Back you there, your stupid mortals. You can totally <laughs> make an arcana check if you want to roll for an arcana check. Uh, roll for this arcana check if it will roll for me. And, oh joy, I got a 13. Uh, modified or unmodified? That is a modified 13. Okay, that's cool. Um. I'm going to pose that just because I don't know what you should get. Yeah, no, uh, you, you kind of... So you're looking at it and you... You know that golems are uh, a magical creation or a construct. Um, you can't quite tell what is going on here, though. You you just cannot fathom it. You can't go, oh, yeah, I know what's... Uh, I know what's, um, you know keeping this thing here or I know what you know its motives are or what I imagine means you just you just can't tell. but you know, you know what can I give you for 13 you know that there is some kind of spell upon it but you just don't know what thank you ah. this creature has a purpose in this place it has been Based here, but I don't know why it is veiled in the mysteries. Is there any word in or anything around around it at all, or near it, or on it, or? So again, Ben, I didn't catch any of that. Is there any wording, script, pictures, on well, any of? Why don't you give me an investigation check and check out this landscape? So, basically, Mugner said he got a nat 20 in that uh, moment where he froze. 
I made a joke saying, oh, I bet he got a nat 20, and then he like added 20 to it. He actually yeah. added 20. So, annoyingly, yes, you see everything there is to be seen about this monolith that's happened on this hillside. There is indeed inscriptions upon the stone circle that the, uh, or the stone slab that the, uh, the, um, Column stands upon. Uh, you know this to be, being a learned individual such as yourself, the language of Gethek. Ooh, Gethek. Is that D- one that anybody knows? Gethek. D e t h e k. You are very, very unlikely to know it is ancient Dwarvish. Hey, H k. <laughs> what can you make of that? In your database he, he can't. <laughs> I speak common. <laughs> you were made by ancient dwarves, man. <laughs> for an for a war. <laughs> God damn you! The manual on the um, international package. <laughs> 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 yeah, sorry, HK doesn't know this one. Uh, it's de- but but but. HK. Mugnef knows that this is uh, this is Dapak. It's ancient words, uh, but there's no way of deciphering it here right now. Uh, but there's I a... do mention that to the team. Well, you know that, and of course, Volt has discovered that uh, there is some kind of spell upon this golem. So you can see, as I said, away off in the distance, you've got a couple of options as a town. There is some smoke rising from a more central location as you look down the hill. There is a village off to your right, far off to the right, and you have this uh, golem on top of this stone circle. And there is, of course, this giant bird flying around, which seems to have disappeared off. As you look down towards the towns, it's disappeared off behind you. And as you look uh, down the hill behind you, there are further hills and... uh, dense uh, woodlands. Um, I want to write, make sure I write down what is on that, uh, all the wording. I've got ink and parchment and stuff. I'm going to write everything down. Yeah. You'll need to take some time with ink and parchment to write stuff. So, I mean, I, I was I going to write notes about what you're seeing and it, you probably need a short rest to take that time. Um... While Mugnuth's taking his notes, I'm going to go up and see if this uh, golem reacts to me in any way. I'm not going to touch it. <laughs> I'm not going to touch it. <laughs> I turn to... Uh, to Am I getting flashbacks to session number one of this entire campaign? Listen, right. <laughs> I turn to Walter and say... This season job, one, but, uh... I went through four characters. I've got to start season two as I mean to go on. I was, I was literally going to say it's a good job Leaf's not here but like, you're just channeling him I'm just channeling Leaf Ooh, look at that big thing that's really bad should I touch it, it? Doesn't, yes, you never said it was bad it's a stone golem what do you think it's going to be well it's not doing anything to us I just wanted to see if it reacted or whether it warned us or whether it did nothing or just, just what does it do if I go up to it but don't touch it as long as you don't touch it nothing happens yeah, the word it says, please do not touch. <laughs> or pain of death. Yeah. <laughs> I still want to touch it. Leaf was here. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this Leaf fellow? <laughs> uh, any of you fellows got any ideas about this? It seems to do nothing. It's more like a statue than a golem. Maybe it's broken. More like golem than a statue, but you know, just because we don't know what it does or why it does it does not mean that it won't do it. So stay back. I suppose you're right. We could maybe get this writing trans. What's the fucking word? Translated. Translated. I was going with transcribed. We could get this writing translated. It may aid us. It may hinder us. But I'm. Happy to bow out to the more knowledgeable people. Just run your decoding algorithms. <laughs> May we call it Dwayne? The Gollum? Hmm. Yes. We can call it Dwayne. I like where you're going with this. 
<laughs> I've always wanted a pet rock. Oh! <laughs> Either that or it's just a Johnson. Jesus Christ. Ah, you know. Okay. What is it? So what is it? An hour in. It's, it took us an hour to start getting yeah. shitty, so, you know, we're doing <laughs> well compared to normal. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, you, any thoughts on whether we go down to that, that settlement down there or the little village? I mean, the smoke, there's sure to be fire and food. But whether we're welcome or not. But which particular one are you talking about? There's a, a place with smoke, there's a village off to your right, or the larger town off to your left, as you look down the hill. That's what I mean. I, I think closer. the smoky place or the village may be better to find out with less people around, less people knowing where we are, rather than just barging to a saying like, Yo! Where the fuck are we? <laughs> well, you tell me which way you'd rather go. The other argument to that is, of course, you're much more likely to find somebody knowledgeable who might understand this silly dwarvish malarkey added dwarves. Um, to, you know, in, in a bigger town, maybe. There might be a scholar who might know these things. I don't know. Um, so, Are they you like speak equipment? sense. You do speak sense. Oh, yeah. I briefly managed to catch some of that busy one, didn't it? Wouldn't there be uh, somewhere in... That port, uh, as you said, uh, big enough. Uh, so, should be somebody down there who uh, can. To answer Dan's question real quick, from your current vantage point, the largest settlement seems it, uh, everything seems to be miles away. But you could, you gather, you could probably reach the largest settlement by nightfall. The village, you could probably get there early evening. Um, and wherever that smoke is, is further beyond that village, and you can probably get there just after nightfall. It doesn't seem like a huge place, but it's definitely like far enough that it's going to take you the rest of the day to do it. And you can kind of tell that from the sun's position, you are probably, I'd say, midday. Well, the both of you spoke a lot of sense. I suppose the city makes more sense to... Uh... The thing that killed the uh, the poor little parrot. I don't fancy being out here at night. Yes. With that still around, so... City, if you're all in agreement. Yes, keeping our eye on the balls. There's more likely to be someone there that knows of Man Morris's location. The astral plane. I know not how to get there myself. And let us depart. Mugnath, have you wrote down your little scribbles yet? I see. You you're going to need a short rest. You're going to need. There's good. There's, I don't think there's any way with pen and paper you could like, or a quill. You could write down stuff that quick. I'll go. Do you want to just get some food a minute? So I'll, I'll tell you as soon as I'm ready. Um, this can't be rushed. Well, if you want to do a short rest, and obviously you all took a part, well, you all took a d6 damage, so uh, you can roll out um, a short rest. So you can roll out your hit dice uh, if you'd like to. Nah. <laughs> I'm going to leave that. <laughs> I landed mostly on my raven. I think, I think Mognus the the squishiest, I believe. Uh, very likely. Very likely. Oh, yeah, I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, short rest it is. Oh, no. What do you mean, oh, no? Um, short rest it isn't. No, 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 I'm just trying to bring up my map for that town that you're heading towards, so I've got a reference point, but um, Incarnate's like, no, you're not doing that. Uh, we like it when stuff works. <laughs> That's okay. It's not working. It's taking so long, I think, probably because I'm using all my internet to do this. So, never mind. We'll ignore that. And I will make it up as I go along. <laughs> no, I know roughly where things are in that town. It's fine. I've got a list. I have a list. It's cool. Just in fact, I do have a picture on my phone, so that's cool. Um, so, you, uh, you head... 
in that direction. So you take a short rest for about an hour. Like I say, if you don't want to roll out any hit dice, that's fine. You can stick to your D6 of bludgeoning damage uh, from the fall or from the, the impact of your arrival back on the material plane. But you take some time and you head down through this grassland. Uh, you don't see any more of this large bird overhead. Um, you do come across more and more game trails until eventually you come across a road and it's uh, it is it's like a cobbled like a yeah like a cobbled road which just sort of weaves its way through these hills uh, and also the grass is bedded down and it's uh, it's much shorter there and you can uh, you can make your way onto that and that leads you um, down through these hills and it takes you as I say the rest of the day really to arrive. But um, as you do, you come in contact with these buildings, and they're all uh, fairly close together. Um, this first part is always like a certain... Uh, you can sort of gather as you approach. They're like districts. You can sort of see as you as you descend. You are coming from higher ground. You can see districts. Uh, buildings are a different design or different where, where, if that's the right word. Um, where they some appear older, some appear newer, some appear more well maintained. You can see um, amongst more sort of looking like civilian type buildings or uh, <laughs> residential buildings, there is a large um, central feature, which is this huge, grand sort of mansion-y type building surrounded by stone walls. There is a clock tower and a watchtower of inside of these walls. Uh, and you can see the sea from up here as you enter in. Um, there are no walls around the, the town itself. Um, but you can see off in the distance various boats, whether they're moored or sailing in or sailing out. Large ships, uh, you know, like a like a sloop of war, that sort of thing, or a man or whatever. Uh, and they're all sort of coming in and going, or they're moored. Uh, and you can see a busy industrialised dock uh, right on the waterfront there. But as you come in uh, on this road, the first thing you're hit with as you enter the first district here is a pub. Uh, and there is a sign hanging um, outside the door, and it's called The Landlubber. Uh, that's the first number. Um, noticeable landmark you come to here where you're actually interacting with it. Of course, there are, let's say, other residential buildings there. Um, but the streets themselves are paved. They're like cobble streets. Um, you know, you're very traditional seaside town. Um, tall, slender buildings all crammed in fairly close. It's quite claustrophobic. I mean, what good couldn't be gained from a meal, a hearty drink, and a town secret flows through its pubs and its bedchambers, but... I think we'll stick with the pubs. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sounds like an idea. Rough a check. Uh, I need to grab some uh, bits and bobs there, uh, and probably also we'll see if I can find somewhere for this translation as well. What you notice, um, as I say, as the day has worn on, as you've gone into here, the sun is now going down uh, off to your over your right shoulder so behind you almost so you kind of gather you're in the east as this has happened um, you're on the eastern part of this island I think um, but yeah the sun's going down the sky is sort of coming red and orange um, but again it's a pleasant evening it's a nice it's almost like summer um, but if you want to go inside this pub uh, you are greeted by people who are dressed in uh, not rough or tacky clothes, they're just wearing comfortable clothes, like a loose shirt, loose pants. Um, some of them look farmery sort of types. Um, some of them look like travellers. You know, they might have worn clothes like maybe yourselves have, <laughs> um, with big packs. Um, but everyone is drinking ale, and it's uh, it's a very traditional-looking building. It's flagstone floors, um, beams across the ceiling, a roaring fire in the corner. Even though it's summer, there's a roaring fire. They always keep the fire going. Is what you gather from this place. There's a smell of just dirt and hard work in the air. 
um, and a bar which sort of fills one end of the room with various barrels behind it. You gather probably beer, mead, wine, uh, and there um, there's a chap working behind there. He's got very short, um, very close-cut hair. He's overweight, but you can tell at some point he was probably quite muscular. His arms are quite big, his uh, shoulders are broad. And he's wearing a really dirty white shirt. Like, he's been wearing it for days uh, whilst working in here. Um, he's got a tacky waistcoat over the top of that and sort of like baggy cord trousers tied with a rope around the waist. And there's a woman who's there and she's looking dishevelled and dirty, unbrushed hair, unwashed. Uh, and again, sort of similar clothes, just a waistcoat with a dirty looking shirt and some trousers. Uh, but that's all you can see from behind the bar. Is this place predominantly like human or humanized rather than other races or is it a bit of everything or? No, you do notice that most of the clientele, in fact, if not all of the clientele, are human. There isn't really anyone else other than humans in this pub. Uh, 